And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today, the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And Dr. John Vance. Hello. Well, gentlemen, I hear pages of Bibles uh, being flipped. This is an interesting picture right now here in the studio. I wish our uh, listeners were here just to look. You guys are uh, thumbing through your Bibles, and it's really interesting. Must be we got a good subject coming up. You know, last week we talked about the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and we celebrated Easter, and... um, That is a very, very significant point uh, in the Christian's faith and life. And on another level today, being actually the one-year anniversary of my mother's passing, the resurrection just has a special meaning for me today and my dad, who helps run WFSO. And there's implications for the resurrection. Our lives have changed because of this resurrection. So, gentlemen, uh, to get us started today, why don't we first review the uh, 1 Corinthians 15 passage, some of the highlights from that. Mark, maybe you have that there. Yeah, well, the 1 Corinthians 15 passage, I say that's one of the great summaries of the gospel. Mm. It tells us how Jesus Christ died and rose again, and then it gives proof. You know, he says he was seen. By up to 500, over 500 at once. And so there's proof in it. And and then it gets into that, how is it some say there's no resurrection? Of course, he links our resurrection with Christ's resurrection. And so what Paul is saying, if we're not raised, then Christ wasn't raised. And guess what? If Christ wasn't raised, our faith is vain. We're of all people most miserable. We're, we're, We're fools. But then he says, Christ is raised from the dead. And that is one of the big sticking points, you know, for the atheists. Mm-hmm. I've, I've heard of any number of atheists who were convinced atheists and decided to prove Christianity is false. And, of course, the fastest way to do it is to prove that Christ didn't rise. Yeah, And, and any number of them, while they're trying to prove it, wound up proving just the opposite. Christ did rise from the dead, and therefore became Christians because of that. The historical evidence for the resurrection, uh, well, you can say to any human being, nothing can be compelling. You can always find a way to doubt. But it is convincing. And Mm -hmm. it's so convincing that millions upon millions down through the centuries have embraced the gospel of Jesus Christ. And um, that that is a, a a crucial matter. I want to talk just briefly, and I'll introduce it. Uh, the idea: on what basis do we believe in the resurrection? Well, it's on testimony. Mm-hmm. You think of now what what this is. Mm-hmm. Those people testified that they had seen and experienced Christ. Moreover, they went through their death. As C.S. Lewis points out, no man actually would go to their death for a lie. Yeah, they true. actually believed it. They actually believed that they saw him and experienced him, and then they went to their death without denying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's a very powerful, powerful uh, testimony, if you will, uh, to the resurrection. Plus, mm. they didn't find a body. Yeah, in, in addition to that, you know, you can see some people lie and do all kinds of things to either gain financially or gain power. These guys received none of that. <laughs> Yeah. You know, we look at the 12 apostles, and, and all but John were martyred, and uh, never indication that any of them had any really power, and certainly uh, no great wealth either. So it was, you know, if that was a lie, 
for what reason were that were they propagating it? So, as uh, John says, it's it's. Well, the, 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 the idea of testimony is important. Yeah. Uh, a lot of uh, people out there may uh, at first poo-poo that idea. But almost all that you actually believe, you have uh, believed on the basis of testimony. You do. And how many of you uh, are able to prove that the universe is as vast as the scientists say? Well, when they tell you that it's vast, you can't prove it, but you receive it on testimony. On their word. You don't yes. think they're lying to you. Mm-hmm. How many of you uh, believe that there is a microcosm, a small world with such things as neutrinos and uh, mm-hmm. bosons and all of those things? Well, you can't prove it, but you receive it on testimony. Now, there is a historical witness to the resurrection of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's quite, quite convincing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we believe it. And uh, if you will, uh, what really is the price of admission is this. We experience that, and his his spirit bears witness with our spirit that truly he is alive. Yes, Amen, right. and praise be to God. Yes. Yes. In, 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 yeah, and that is the evidence it, that he's alive is his living in the lives of his people today hmm. and how it transforms peoples and people groups Changed and transformed lives. It is. This Incredible. is more than just mental ascent. I mean, why would people pick up and leave all to go to the mission field to ultimately be murdered at the hand of some terrorist if it weren't for the truth of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ that that missionary was proclaiming? Um, that was. That's another thing that's just hard to understand at times, why people do the things they do, loving and giving and with wanting nothing in return except to know that that person has received the gospel. Yeah, and, and when you see groups of people that have been warlike and maybe very violent groups oh, yes. of people, and you they, they respond to the gospel, oh, and yes. suddenly they're transformed overnight. Your son's in a part of the world where they see that. Well, we do, yes. and, and I have a great example of that, too. I, one of the, the people groups uh, down there that they used to do was they, when a young girl came of age, uh, they used to go through this big ceremony, and I won't go through all the details. This is in the Amazon. And this mm-hmm. is, yes. And basically, at the end of that ceremony, all the elders of the tribes would take and beat her oh, dear. on the back. They'd lash her to a pole, and they would beat her. So these scars she would carry for the rest of her life would remind her of the ceremony of her coming of age. Yes. When they, this group came to Christ, they realized something was wrong there. That's not the That's, right way to do it. Yeah. And the missionaries didn't say anything. Nobody told them that. They just knew once they had trusted in Christ that mm-hmm. this was not the way they should do it. And so now they still have the same ceremony. But they get to that point, and they get to the pole there. And instead of beating her, they lay hands on her and just touch her and pray for her. Oh, what a difference. (laughs) Well, hold that thought. We'll be right back. You're listening to A Plain Answer. We need to take a break today. In the studio with me, the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. I'm Dan Elmendorf. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Yeah. 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer right here at Redeemer Broadcasting. Today we're talking about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and how the power and effect of that resurrection flows outward into this world, affected uh, the world back at the time of Christ, but it affects the world all the way up till our day. You know, I've noticed something in societies where the gospel is deeply penetrated, in those societies that there is following up on what Mark said before the break about the tribe praying over the the young girl. Yes. I've noticed that where the gospel goes and is penetrated most deeply 
that you find, if you will, a more humaneness in that society, mm. a, 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 a better treatment, if you will, of those who are most vulnerable and those who are weakest. Mm-hmm. Children, for instance, women, the old, the infirmed. Mm-hmm. And, and I would ask you to compare those nations that have most received in their past uh, the gospel of Christ and permitted its preaching in their society, I would ask you to compare that with those societies and the conditions of life in those places where it has not. Mm. I think this this is terribly important, this matter of the resurrected Christ and his transforming power. And it's evident, I think, historically. Yeah, I think one of the, the areas that just remember at the end of World War II uh, when uh, Germany was collapsing, who did they want to surrender to? The Russians were coming in, and of course that society was Marxist, and it was based on an atheistic Marxism, and the Americans, which was based on, on, a, on a Christian worldview, yes. they wanted to surrender to the Americans because they knew the treatment would be so much more humane and better. That's true. That's a very good point. Mm. Uh, but, but you see this. Yeah. Uh, so the resurrection has been a most powerful uh, uh, aspect, not just to the individual life, which praise be to God, but also to societies. And mm. the gospel of Jesus Christ is transforming in every way, shape, and form. Mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, I'd like to mention along these lines, of course, not only concerning uh, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and the hope that we have in the resurrection, but this does bring up uh, the future life, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Christians uh, believe that we not only have hope in this world, but hope for the next. And that we truly have life in Christ, life in this world, and eternal life uh, in the resurrection when we meet our Lord. Mm -hmm. One of the questions that I have uh, asked me a great deal is uh, uh, by older people when they're uh, older and getting ready to to maybe pass on toward the other side. uh, What is heaven like? What is heaven like? Well, I usually tell them, I don't know entirely, but I know it's going to be a great place because that's where Christ is. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then the, I think of one man in particular who said to me, will I know my wife when I get to heaven? <laughs> what do you think about that, Mark? How would you no, respond? Boy, <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think we certainly will know uh, people we've known on earth. There's no reason not to. I mean, even at the transfiguration, I think there's a level of of recognition that will maybe even go beyond people that we mm-hmm. have met and known to the point where we, we will know people that we have never met before. I heard mm-hmm. a prayer not too long ago where the, the minister prayed over the Lord's table uh, where we will sit down with Abraham and Moses and David as well as our Lord Jesus That's Christ right. at the head of the table. Mm-hmm. Uh, that seems, if that prayer is true, and I think it is, it seems there's enough scripture, it seems to me, mm-hmm. yeah. to support uh, the understanding that we will know our loved yeah. ones. And yes, we will know some of these great figures who've, well, <laughs> who've played a large role in our yeah. uh, salvation history. That's it. In the Mount of Transfiguration, apparently, Peter, James, and John, they knew Moses. Obviously, had never met him yeah. before. Uh, yeah, so that's I think a good that's, point. Uh, well, what about those who don't know Christ? Well, that's very sad, isn't it, to consider the state. We have to say at least there's no hope of that there's kind, no is there? There's no, no hope. And uh, 
we, the scriptures seem to be uh, clear that uh, in him is life. And, of course, outside of him, that implies that death reigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think, though, that that this implies that the afterlife for the unbeliever uh, will be that there will be a, a kind of annihilation yeah. uh, no, you theology know, that you uh, so hear much today. That's yeah. becoming popular with uh, the new invented heresies of Harold Camping. What yeah. does Harold say about that? Well, I, he's changed, you know, from the biblical stance that um, it's an eternal suffering to the basically Jehovah Witness stance that uh, it's just poof, you're gone, you're burned up. It's what you call annihilation. Um, there's no, there's no evangelical scholarship behind that whatsoever. But uh, that's the stance that he takes nowadays. You know, I've, I've, I've asking Mark reason I even turned the subject in this direction. I was asking him before, mm-hmm. uh, what what scriptural basis do people have for having a view uh, other than the traditional one? You know, if you read the story that Jesus taught, and mm. I don't know that it's just a story. It could be based on uh, historical fact. He doesn't say, but he tells a story of a rich man and Lazarus there yes. in Luke's Gospel. I think you have it there before you, yeah, uh, don't and, you, Mark? Yeah, I do. And one of the, th- the reasons why some people think that this is a real occurrence and we're just getting a peek into that is because in all of Jesus' parables, if this is a parable, which it may not be a, a historic thing, he never names anyone. There True. was a rich man. There was a certain man. There was a king. There was a – but this one, there's a man by the name of Lazarus. Right. And because of that, uh, some commentators, and I tend to be along with them, uh, indicate that this is a real occurrence and Jesus Mm -hmm. is giving us a glimpse into the afterlife. And in that case, of course, uh, there is no doctrine of annihilation there, is there? Not at all. Not at all. And even if it is a parable, and I tend to agree with you, Mark, but even if it is a parable, the teaching still nevertheless points to an eternal separation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and a great divide in golf A fixed. great divide. Yeah. And just imagine if, you're, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not one of his people, you're not loving him today, and if you were to die tonight and be separated from the love of God for all of eternity, imagine the regret, just that aspect alone, the regret thinking, I could have, but I didn't. I rejected. I walked away from Jesus Christ. Yeah, and that's uh, that's one of the the worst things that can occur. Mm. Even if annihilationism were true, and I, the Scripture does not no. support that, uh, it, it's still like here's the party of eternal life with the greatest joy, greater joy than we've ever experienced here, mm. and you're missing it. You know, know, I think also, isn't it in Thessalonians where it talks about um, everlasting destruction? Well, that's it. The scriptures talk about, uh, you know, everlasting destruction. Well, death does not mean death in the sense of ceasing to be, but the Bible uses the term death. Uh, It's talking about separation Separation. Mm -hmm. from the love of God. And um, destruction does not always mean uh, extinction. No, it can very well mean destruction. That yeah. destructive of 
of the possibilities of what it meant to be human no longer held out to you. Now, the contrast here is when you think about as the Christian dies, you know, as I mentioned at the opening, my mother died exactly one year ago to today. And um, she went into the immediate presence of Christ. Now, that is a wonderful blessing for the people of God to realize that our loved ones who die in the faith go into the immediate presence of Jesus Christ. And in some ways, it's the beginning of life, isn't it? <laughs> That's right. And it's, a, it's not just the end no. product. It's actually the no. beginning. You know, towards the end of her life, she would say to me, I don't know why the Lord just doesn't take me, because she was in pain and suffering, yeah. and she was ready to go. Yeah. Well, that's it, and that's and that's the way to be. You you realize that the number of years we have mm. here on Earth is oh, they're short. Is just yeah, it's so short. Oh, it's it's yes. uh, like the scripture calls it like the dew that's in the morning and is gone, you know, or yeah. or a flower that blossoms and and is gone. That's what our life is like, especially yeah. when we compare it with an eternity and an eternity. With Christ in eternity with God in heaven. I mean, that's what the book of Revelation's about. Mm-hmm. You get towards the end of it and you realize, <laughs> you know, there's descriptive terms there that we can't understand. And yes. part of the reason we can't understand is we've never experienced anything that yes. good. Don't, and, you, don't you think that human beings have the, a longing for eternity in their heart, yeah. regardless oh, of who they are? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's a, that's a, that's C.S. A gu- Lewis used to talk about that. There's, what do you call that? Well, uh, Augustine talks about it. Too. Yeah. You, 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 yeah. you are made <laughs> right. in the image of God. Right. There's something of eternity in yeah. your soul. And it is through Christ that that, yeah. that hope is realized yeah. and secured for that's the believer. Right. Some people right. have called it, you've got a God shaped vacuum in your heart. Right. Maybe you're listening today and you feel that vacuum. I think R.C. Sproul emphasizes oh. that a good bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I see we're uh, getting towards the end of our broadcast today. We want to encourage you to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing in the world that's like it. Um, You can acquire all the wealth, all the toys, your fast cars and, and nightlife and everything, and yet you have this emptiness. What is it? What is it about the human being? Well... He, she, is made in the image of God. You are made to have fellowship with God. How about some wrap-up thoughts today? One of the things we need to understand is eternity is uh, what we need to be living for. We need to have, as some have said, eternity in our hearts. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can have that eternity in that heaven is through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And then it goes on to say, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Mm-hmm. See, God not only saves us for eternity, but he saves us to do his work right now. You know, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, years ago in my grandmother's house, she had this little plaque on her wall and it said only one life will soon be passed only what's done for christ will last and so uh while it's exceedingly important and very important to to have our focus on heaven and know that we are right with god we have a home in heaven that we have relationship with god through jesus christ it is also very important to work for him in this world in this life and uh, not not get of the opinion that 
oh, the world is getting worse and worse, there's nothing I can do. Well, there are some things you can do. You can serve Christ. Mm. And uh, serving Christ is, of course, uh, uh, the joy of the Lord, yeah. to serve him. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a accompanying joy that goes with serving the Lord and living in the power of his resurrection. I do want to uh, close with my part by saying, if Christ be risen from the dead, then all that we have said is true. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, it's a very sharp point to make but those listeners out there need to know that Jesus asked his disciples one time a very pointed question whom do men say that I am every person has to decide that and when Paul comes to 1 Corinthians 15 he says if Christ be not risen what is the alternative yeah he says then we are most miserable and mm-hmm. we are yet in our sins But if he be raised from the dead, my friend, then uh, what we have discussed here is the most significant discussion that you will ever hear. It's not what's going on in Washington. It's what you're hearing here this afternoon. What think ye of Christ and his resurrection? Amen to that. Well, thank you, gentlemen. It's good to have you here again in the studio today on a Saturday. To our listeners, um, we have little booklets that we would love to share with you. And uh, it explains the way of salvation. It's coming to Christ, knowing Christ. And we'd be so happy to send you one of these little booklets free of charge. Contact us via our website or else email us, ministry at redeemerbroadcasting.org. I'm Dan Elmendorf. In the studio with me today has been the Reverend Mark Diedrich and Dr. John Vance. Please tune our way next week at this same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.